1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 63 of the North American Outdoors Podcast. My name is Heidi Rayo, and I'm coming to you from the great state of Texas. Late springtime temperatures mean beautiful weather, warmer days, and abundant sunshine. Those of us that live along the coast really take this time to enjoy getting outdoors, especially if you live by the water. Now, you don't always have to be living on the coast to be enjoying the water. Anybody across the states could have a backyard pool, they could be living near a river, or they could go on vacation and be near a swimming hole. So why is this important for this topic this week in my podcast? Because we are going to talk all about the importance of water safety. Not including boating, on the average, there are about 10 people who die every single day in the United States to drowning. This could be small children, and this could be weak swimmers. This could even be an experienced swimmer. Water safety is so important to be aware of 100% of the time, anytime you or your loved ones are out and about around water. According to the USA Swimming Foundation, nearly 90 children younger than age 15 drowned in a pool or spa from January through May. Every year, about 19 children drown during the 4th of July weekend holiday alone. 74% of drowning incidents for children younger than 15 occurred in residential locations. Boys who are younger than 15 die from drowning at twice the rate as girls. Approximately 350 children younger than the age of 15 die in pools and spas. Emergency departments treat about 6,500 pool and spa injuries in children younger than 15 every single year. While drowning deaths peak among one and two-year-olds, drowning continues to be the second leading cause of preventable death through the age of 15. This is according to the National Safety Council research. 
Teens and young adults oftentimes do not even think about water safety. There are a few basic safety tips that everyone should keep in mind if you are around a swimming pool or a spa. Even though they're great places for family fun, it's also very important to ensure that everyone follows these simple safety steps to stay even safer in and around the water. The number one rule if you have small children with you is never, ever leave a child unattended in or near the water. All too often, when people think about water safety, they're automatically thinking of pools, beaches, rivers, and lakes, but they overlook the water that they have every single day in their own homes. That's the bathtub. Always watch children when they're in the water or near the water, even if it's a shallow bath because drownings can happen in the blink of an eye. You always want to make sure that you have your undivided attention focused on those small children. If you have to step away, either designate somebody to step in your place to watch that child, or it's time to wrap it up and take that child with you to make sure that your eyes never leave the safety of your child. That should be your only focus at the time that your child is in and around the water is your undivided attention on that child. You should always have a phone close by at all times just in case you need it to call for help for an emergency. That doesn't mean you should be on your phone reading, playing a game, or texting. If you're at a public pool or a beach and there are lifeguards present, parents and caregivers should still take their undivided attention focused on their kids because a lifeguard isn't always watching only one person. Their job is to scan the entire pool or the entire beach area looking for emergencies. Your job is to pay attention and never take your eyes off of the ones that you love in and around the water. Another safety feature that you can do is to find age-appropriate swim lessons for your child. But keep in mind that just because somebody knows how to swim doesn't make them drown-proof. Finding appropriate swim lessons can only help those in and around the water be safer when they're by the water. Ask yourself this question. Can you swim well enough to save your life? 80% of Americans say they can swim, but the reality is less than half of the Americans can perform all five of these basic skills that could save your life while you're in the water. According to the American Red Cross, only 46% of people can perform all five of these basic water safety skills. The first skill is to step or jump into water over your head. The second skill is to return to the surface and float or tread water for one minute. Next is to turn around in a full circle and find an exit. The fourth skill is to swim 25 yards to the exit without stopping. And the fifth and final skill is exiting the water. If you're in a pool, be able to exit without using the ladder. There are many organizations that offer discounted or even free swimming lessons for the entire family. Pay attention to those in your community, like the American Red Cross, the YMCA, and your local community pools that have trained staff who are able to teach people how to swim. If you own a pool or a spa, 
or if you're taking your family to a local pool or spa, it's always important to be mindful of where the drains are and if they look and are functioning properly. You don't ever want to play or swim near drains or suction outlets, especially in spas and shallow pools. You never want to enter a pool or a spa that has a loose, broken, or missing drain cover. Your hair, your limbs, your jewelry, and even your bathing suit can get stuck in a drain or the suction opening. When using a spa, you always want to make sure that you locate the emergency vacuum shutoff before you get into the water. Virginia Graham Baker, after whom the Pool and Spa Safety Act is named, died from drowning due to a suction entrapment from a faulty drain cover. All public pools and spas must have drain grates or covers that meet the safety standards to avoid incidents like the one that took Graham's life. Powerful suction from a pool or spa drain can trap even an adult. If you are a pool or a spa owner, make sure that you have proper barriers, covers, and even alarms on and around your pool and spa area. These proper barriers can be a life-saving device, not only for you and your own family, but for others who may enjoy your pool, even those who may be uninvited. I say this because one of the very first things we did when we moved into our home, which does have a pool, the first thing we did was we installed a fencing system around the perimeter so our small children at the time could not go from the back door of our home and walk straight into our pool. We had the fencing that you actually drill down into the concrete and it's a really tight net that stretches across and provides a barrier from you to your pool. You can actually pull up those rods that stick into the concrete and roll up your fence if you wanted to remove that fencing at the time. We did this, again, not only for our own children's safety, but we have neighbors, and those neighbors also have small children. One of our biggest fears was waking up one morning and finding somebody or something that was unintended or uninvited in our pool. There were many a days that we found some animals that had fallen into our pool overnight, such as raccoons, possums, and we even had an armadillo one time splashing around in our pool. So you can't prevent all mishaps, but you can do everything you can as a responsible pool owner to keep your backyard as safe as possible. You want to do your part to ensure every member of your family learns how to swim and is able to enter the water catch a breath, stay afloat, change position, swim a distance, and then get out of the water safely. You always want to be water competent. This is a way of improving your water safety for you and all of those around you. This occurs through avoiding common dangers, developing your fundamental water safety skills to make you safer in and around the water, and knowing how to prevent and respond to a drowning emergency. There are three main components to being water competent. The first is being water smart. Second are swimming skills. And third is helping others. Being water smart means taking sensible precautions when you're around water, even if you're not planning to swim. 
It is so important to know your own limitations. This includes your physical fitness, your medical conditions, and if you're even able to go in and help someone else if they're in distress. You never want to swim alone. You've always heard of the buddy system growing up, and this is ever more important when you're in and around the water. Try to swim where there are lifeguards present and water watchers such as Beach Patrol in the area. You always want to wear a U.S. Coast Guard approved life jacket that's appropriate for your weight and size and the type of water activity you're doing. Always wear a life jacket while you're boating, regardless of your swimming skills. Swim sober. Alcohol and swimming, alcohol and water do not mix ever. Be aware of the dangers of hyperventilation. If you jump into water that's a lot colder than you anticipated, your body will tense up, you will start to gasp for air, and you may not be able to move your muscles as quickly as you'd like. So be aware of the water temperature and the location where you're going to be swimming to try to avoid a situation where you're hyperventilating and you're in the water. Know how to call for help. If you're in distress, know what to do when you're in the water and you need assistance. Understand and adjust for every unique risk of water environment that you're in, such as river currents, ocean rip currents, the water temperature, shallow or unclear water, and underwater hazards such as vegetation and animals. Always remember that drowning is a major cause of accidental death. It is not like we see in the movies. If somebody in the movies is drowning, a lot of times they're flapping their arms and screaming and flopping and flailing around, getting the attention of everyone in the area. The reality is drowning is a surprisingly fast and silent injury. A weak or non-swimmer who stumbles and loses footing when they're unable to touch the bottom can quickly start to drown. This person who is in trouble cannot move a few feet to safety and is unable to call for help. They may sink out of sight within just a blink of an eye. Rescue needs to happen quickly so that the person can breathe and survive without brain damage. Fortunately, drowning situations can be avoided with good planning and being prepared. Good swimmers are generally at less risk of serious mishaps in the water than poor swimmers, but even a good swimmer can drown. Preventing surprise and panic requires learning what to do before getting into the water. Many drownings involve people who did not even plan to enter the water. Even when they do plan to enter the water, many people underestimate the risks and overestimate their ability. Those completing entry-level swimming lessons, particularly young children, may still not have these basic skills and knowledge for water competency. They still need close and direct supervision. Even those with good swimming skills may not be safe due to other factors such as unfamiliar water, water hazards, medical emergencies, or other unsafe conditions beyond our control. According to Water Safety USA, there is more to drowning prevention than swimming skills. You have to be water smart.
Water safety is knowing about the water and the hazards in it and about having respect for the water. A person can learn to recognize and avoid some common water hazards like rip currents at beaches that carry a swimmer away from the shore. It's easy to forget that beneath that beautiful water lies a danger that doesn't advertise itself. Deadly rip currents can pull surfers and swimmers too far out to sea. Unfortunately, every year, even the strongest of swimmers drowned due to these rip currents that they either didn't expect or they didn't respect. Rip currents account for more than 80% of rescues performed by surf beach lifeguards. Rip currents are channelized currents of water flowing away from the shore at surf beaches. They typically form at breaks in sandbars and are also near structures such as jetties and piers. Rip currents are commonly found on all surf beaches, including the Great Lakes and their beaches. Rip currents are so dangerous because they pull people away from the shore. Oftentimes, you don't even realize that you're being slowly pulled out to sea until you look up and realize how far you truly are away from the sandy beach. Rip current speeds can vary from moment to moment and can quickly increase to become dangerous to anyone who enters the surf. Do your research and know what to look for before you spend a day at the beach in the surf. Rip currents sometimes generate a plume of visible sediment moving away from shore. A narrow gap of darker, seemingly calmer water between areas of breaking waves and white water can indicate that a rip current may be present. It can also be a channel of churning and choppy water. There may be a difference in water color, and there also may be a line of foam, seaweed, or debris that is moving away from the beach out to sea. According to NOAA, or the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, the speed of rip currents vary. The average speeds are between one and two feet per second, but they have been measured as fast as eight feet per second. That's faster than an Olympic swimmer. Rip currents can be very narrow, or they can be more than 50 yards wide. Sometimes a rip current ends just beyond the line of breaking waves. However, others may continue to flow hundreds of yards offshore. Rip currents do not pull people under the water. What they do is they pull people away from shore. Rip currents are sometimes mistakenly called undertow or riptides, but those terms are not correct. Only the term rip current is technically correct for what it does by pulling people away from the shoreline further out to sea. So the next question is, what do I do if I'm caught in a rip current? The first rule is to relax. Rip currents do not pull you underwater. You don't want to try to swim back towards shore against the current you may be able to escape by swimming out of the current in a direction following the shoreline. You would not want to try to swim straight back toward shore across the rip current. Instead, you would want to swim at an angle back towards the beach. 
If you are constantly trying to fight the rip current by swimming across it or swimming against its pull, all you're going to do is wear yourself out and make yourself exhausted. That is never a good combination when you're out in the water. If you feel like you're unable to reach shore, draw attention to yourself. If you need help, yell and wave for assistance and do everything you can to get somebody else's attention to get some help. On the other hand, if you see someone that is in that situation and they are stuck with the rip current, how can you help them? The first rule is don't become a victim while trying to help someone else. So many people have actually died trying to rescue rip current victims. The first thing you need to do is try to get help from a lifeguard or from one of the beach watchers if they're in the area. If a lifeguard is not present, Get the attention of the victim and direct them to swim following the shoreline to try to escape the rip current. If possible, throw the rip current victim something that floats like a ring or something they can catch to hold on to where you can help bring them back to shore. Never enter the water without a personal flotation device yourself because they will be rescuing two people now instead of just the one. You can always follow some safety tips before you even go. Know how to swim. Never swim alone. If in doubt, don't. And always try to swim near a lifeguard or swim near someone who's watching the water. Before you leave, you can always check the latest National Weather Service forecast and the local beach conditions to see how the waves are and how the rip current status is. When you arrive at the beach, it's always important to ask the lifeguards about rip currents and other potential hazards that may be presenting themselves that day. Sadly, last week in Galveston, Texas, a seven-year-old drowned after being caught up in a rip current in Galveston. He was at the beach with his family. It happened so fast and so quick, and we hear these tragic stories every single year. If you do plan to head to the beach this summer, there are nine dangers at the beach that NOAA is wanting you to be aware of. We talked about the first danger, and those are rip currents. The next danger is called shore break. A shore break is an ocean condition where waves break directly onto the shore. Both small and high waves can be equally as unpredictable and dangerous and typically form when there is a rapid transition from deep to shallow water. The power of a shore break can cause injuries to extremities and the cervical spine. Spinal cord injuries most often occur when diving headfirst into the water or being tumbled by the force of the waves. Be sure to ask a lifeguard about the wave conditions before going into the water. The third danger is lightning. Since 2006, an average of 33 people have been killed annually by lightning in the United States. There is no safe place outside when thunderstorms are in the area. When thunder roars, go indoors. The safest place during lightning activity are substantial buildings and hardtop vehicles. Rain shelters, small sheds, and open vehicles are not safe. Any time that you see lightning and hear thunder, 
the rule is to wait at least 30 minutes after the last thundercrack before returning to the beach. The fourth danger are jellyfish. Keep an eye out for the jellyfish. All jellyfish sting, but not all have venom that actually hurt humans. Of the over 2,000 species of jellyfish, only about 70 seriously harm or may occasionally kill people. When on the beach, take note of jellyfish warning signs. Be careful around these jellies that are washed up on the sand and sometimes still are able to sting. If their tentacles are wet, they're able to sting. Tentacles torn off a jellyfish can sting too. If you are stung, don't rinse with water. This could actually release more of the poison. Lifeguards usually give first aid for stings and definitely see a doctor if you have an allergic reaction. The fifth danger when out on the beach is heat and sunburn. Too much heat and sun can spoil a good day outdoors. Heat is the leading weather-related killer in the United States, causing more death than floods, lightning, tornadoes, and hurricanes combined. Heat disorder symptoms include sunburn, heat cramps, heat exhaustion, and even heat stroke. Spending the day at the beach can lead to any of these disorders, but the most visible is sunburn, which can take up to 24 hours before the full damage is visible. The sixth danger is harmful algae blooms. Harmful algae blooms, popularly referred to as red tides, are dense populations or blooms of algae that form in coastal waters. A small percentage of these blooms can be toxic to marine animals and even humans. People can get sick by swimming directly in the water and by eating contaminated shellfish. If a sufficient amount of toxins are ingested, the results can be fatal. Scientists can forecast the timing and location of these blooms. This allows coastal managers and the public health officials to make decisions regarding shellfish harvesting and beach closures to ensure the health of both residents and visitors. The seventh danger is water quality. Coastal beaches are among the most treasured natural resources in the nation, but beach closures or advisories caused by poor water quality often prevent the public from enjoying these resources. As water flows from land to coastal waters, it is often contaminated by untreated sewage from boats, pets, failing septic systems, fertilizers, and spills from hazardous substances. High levels of bacteria and other chemicals in the water can cause gastrointestinal illnesses in those who swim directly in the water. When visiting the beach, always be aware of all beach closures and advisories. The eighth potential hazard are marine debris. Our oceans are filled with items that do not belong there. Huge amounts of consumer plastics, metals, rubber, paper, textiles, fishing gear, vessels, and other lost or discarded items enter the marine environment every single day. This makes marine debris one of the most widespread pollution problems facing the world's oceans and waterways. This debris or litter often ends up on our beaches, damaging habitats, 
harming wildlife and making it unsafe for beachgoers to walk along the shoreline and swim in the water. Always keep your eyes open and be aware of any debris that is underfoot. And finally, the ninth potential hazard out on the beach in the waters are sharks. Shark attacks, although very rare, are most likely to occur near the shoreline, typically inshore of a sandbar or between sandbars. Here, sharks can become trapped by low tide and near steep drop-offs where sharks prey together. The relative risk of a shark attack is very small, but should always be minimized whenever possible. To reduce your risk, don't swim too far from the shore, stay in groups, avoid being in the water during darkness or twilight, don't go into the water if you're bleeding from a wound, and leave shiny jewelry at home and avoid brightly colored swimwear. This is a lot of information to think about, but only can help you be better prepared when you're going in and around the water or are going to be with your family and friends and dear loved ones who are going in and around the water as well. Always have some type of first aid kit and emergency contacts handy, keeping your cell phone close if you ever need it. It never hurts to get training in CPR and first aid. Take those extra steps to be safe in and around the water. Every pool, every lake, and every warm summer day holds the possibility of new and fun summer experiences and adventures. All you need to do to add to this fun is your undivided attention and heightened awareness anytime that you're in and around the water. This has been another North American Outdoors podcast where we roam the woods and waters and we make memories that last a lifetime. This is Heidi Rayo, and you can follow me on Instagram at North American Outdoors and on Facebook at North American Outdoors. Thanks, have a great day, and stay safe out there. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors, every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.